Welcome leaders. I'm your host, Cree Edholm. Are you looking for something that will challenge you to grow? Something that will take you out of your comfort zone in order to see a new perspective as a leader? If you're ready to put the work in to achieve the success you're looking for, I invite you to learn about the programs that Leadership Excursion Company has to offer. Leadership Excursion Company specializes in hands-on leadership training where attendees are encouraged to try something new, where failure is embraced and change is supported. Leadership Excursion Company offers leadership training courses for executives, managers, teams of all sizes, youth ages 16 and up, and women-specific programming. Visit leadershipexcursion.co for more details. Okay, so I'm so happy you're here today and tuning in. For today's show, we're going to jump right into the interview. I'm so grateful that Deborah March, the mayor of the city of Henderson, Nevada, took time out of her busy schedule to share her story with both myself and all of you. And with that, we welcome you to the Leadership Looks Like podcast. Join us as we explore personal stories of leaders who are making an incredible impact in their businesses, lives, and communities. Get ready to be inspired, see things from a new perspective, and learn new tools to help overcome challenges. This is what leadership looks like. Mayor March, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking time out. Oh, I'm happy to be here today with you. Yeah, just, um, you know, starting this podcast, I, I was driving over here and I was just thinking of of you as a person. And we've had the pleasure of um, running into each other at various events in town. And one thing I certainly appreciate and I hear from other people is, uh, you know, you, you're accessible. Yes, I try to be because I, I represent the people. And so I want them to know that I'm always accessible. Yeah. And I certainly appreciate that. Thank you. And, um, and so here you are, you are the mayor of Henderson. Yes. And you are the second female mayor, yes. correct? Yes. In the history of this city. Yes. Uh, Henderson is the, s- the second largest city. In the state of Nevada with a population of about 310,000. And we have approximately 114 square miles as landmass. Does that include the new West Henderson portion? It does. All wow. the way up to the M Resort. And when did that become a part of Henderson? Oh, gosh, that's been part of Henderson as long as I, as I recall. It's, okay, so yeah. it's been owned by the city of Henderson. Well, it's and it's actually it's just... a lot of BLM land, but it was incorporated into the city limits. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I graduated from Green Valley High School, the first graduating class oh. in 93. And I cannot believe how much it's grown. It really has. But yeah. now it's been, a, it's been a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely that been was a long last time. week. I know. Well, I like to <laughs> I like to think that. Oh. Yeah, my son actually graduated from Green Valley, but I think it was in probably two thousand and two or three. Okay, in that time frame. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for making me feel a little older uh. today, Mayor. <laughs> okay, I'm a grandmother. <laughs> oh wow! You know that's right. I did. I saw those recent postings. Yes, Congratulations! Thank you. Is I'm this your so first? It's my first grandchild. Oh. I'm so thrilled. Yeah. yeah. Her name is Ayla Marie, and yeah. she's about a month old now. Is she here in town? No, up in Pocatello, Idaho. Okay, yes. well, you, you can just uh, hop on a flight up to Idaho. I will be for Christmas. Oh, can't wait. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Do you fly into Boise and, and then drive uh, down? Or? Idaho Falls. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then drive on and over. Just, it'll be an hour drive from there. Okay. How exciting. It is. Oh. It is. Well, I would like to learn a little bit about how you got to be mayor of Henderson. Just, you know, just besides the obvious that you were yeah. elected. 
Yeah. Um, but tell me, you've lived in Nevada for more than 40 years. Yes. And yeah. um, where did you live before? Nevada. I actually grew up in Detroit and okay. then moved to Nevada and, and then uh, kind of went through a circuitous route. I, you know, I never thought back in the day I w- that I would be mayor of a city, of a major city in the state of Nevada or any state for that matter. Uh, but I, I uh, grew up in Detroit and then moved to Nevada and I became a, a park ranger here, actually. I was uh, a park ranger out at... Uh, uh, Red Rock Canyon, and then later went to Lake Tahoe, and I was a park ranger on the north shore of Lake Tahoe for about two years. And then I had an opportunity to move to rural Nevada, and uh, I was married at the time, and my husband was the game warden for uh, White Pine County. Okay. And so I moved to Ely, and I became a social worker, and I worked for eight years as a social worker in rural Nevada. I ran the state welfare for five rural counties. And then <clears throat> moved to Southern Nevada and was deputy administrator of the real estate division and really got an education in real estate and land use and then ultimately went to UNLV uh, where I ran the lead institute for real estate studies in the College of Business for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I was actually a planning commissioner for the city of Henderson. Mayor Hafen had asked, he was then a councilman, had asked me to serve as a a planning commissioner. I volunteered as a commissioner for six years. And uh, during that time, I learned a lot about the city of Henderson and the great things that were going on here and about land use. And truly, I believe as an elected official, probably some of the most complex issues we deal with are land use related issues. And so I got a great education. And when uh, Mayor Hafen became mayor, his seat came open. And I thought, well, I'm going to put put in for that seat. And yeah. What was that? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you didn't just wake up one day and make that decision. What was that like? Well, it, it was actually an appointment process. So the seat was vacant and there was a two-year opportunity to serve before you would have to run for an election. And I put my name in and I actually went through a process of uh, uh, competing against 17 men, as a matter of fact. And um, we had to give a speech, talk about uh, economic development, diversification, what our vision for the city would be. And so we had to submit an application. It was actually a public process. The application was posted online and uh, the addendum questions that we, we were asked to provide were also online. So the public could provide input and comment. And then, of course, we went through this public process of giving a five-minute speech to the city council on our, what our priorities would be and, and how we would look at things like economic development and diversification. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, ultimately, at the end of the process, I was selected, and and that began my process in 2009 of being a, an elected official. It was not something I set out to do, but it's something that I, I think was sort of put in front of me as the thing that I should be doing in my life. How did that appear to you? Because because you did mention earlier that um, someone asked you to... Oh, yeah. As a planning commissioner, I was mm-hmm. asked. And that, and that was a, a very um, a wonderful but hard, uh, very demanding position to be a planning commissioner. There's a lot of hours that you commit to volunteer, basically, because you, you aren't paid to be a planning commissioner. You're given a stipend for your travel, mm-hmm. uh, but you uh, you basically um, s- sit through a planning commission meeting every two weeks at the city of Henderson, but but uh, you're dealing with issues of complexity, so you need to go out into the community looking at the land uses adjacent to it. So you spend a lot of time preparing for for a um, uh, planning commission meeting, and that's something that uh, I think uh, allowed me to better understand what the needs of the community were and how you're 
you're building a future for your community. So it's important that you make wise decisions about how you use the land, that you have compatible uses against other compatible uses, that you wouldn't put a, a school next to a heavy industrial building, right? right. That you, you really have to be mindful and thoughtful about the quality of life that you're building for the future of your community and ensuring that you have parks and trails and open space and all the wonderful things that that uh, people celebrate here in the city of Henderson because it, we do value quality of life here in our community. Yeah, we absolutely do. And you have such a diverse background. Um, at what point in time did you realize that land use was such uh, an important topic or something that you should probably pay more attention to? Yeah, when I, I, I actually spent 16 years as the director of the lead institute for real estate studies in the College of Business at UNLV. And, and one of the charges, not only for real estate, but it was also land use, that, that we should be teaching the community and teaching um, students at UNLV about land use. And it's interesting, a lot of people don't realize everything that's involved, but the, the reality is through one action of a land use, for example, let's say you have a piece of industrial land and you take it through a zoning process and you change that land use to multifamily where you allow housing, residential housing there, you through one uh, action of a council or a commission, you've changed the value of that land yeah. uh, versus, you know, through transactions. This is actually through the action of a, of a, uh, legislative body right. changes the value of that property. And so I began to realize how important it was and, and how important it was that we do it wisely and, and that we're building a future and that quality of life is important to our residents and to have compatible uses next to each other was, was so critical. And I ended up um, being elected nationally as a, I was a board member for the American Planning Association nationally for four years. Mm -hmm. And I actually had served prior to that on the uh, Planning Accreditation Board, which was the body that had that accredits planning schools across the country. And I served in that capacity for four years as well. So I've, I've been involved with giving back in the planning arena for, for some years now. Right, right. Uh, where does your passion for Nevada come from, and in, in particular, Southern Nevada and Henderson. Oh, okay. I, well, I just love our our community, mm -hmm. and and I love our state. And uh, having um, moved here when I was a, a young woman, um, became a park ranger, and really spent time out in the hills and exploring and and being in nature. And I began to appreciate the value of our state and the great places that that you can see, and whether it's up. Uh, up at some of the parks in Lincoln County, or if you climb Mount Whitney, uh, which is on the California-Nevada border, or near Boundary Peak, or Mount Wheeler up by uh, up by Ely, and I mean, there's so many wonderful, amazing places to see and to visit and explore. Mm -hmm. uh, I just encourage folks to get out and and go beyond the the highway and get up into these canyons where there's just some amazing sights. I can agree with you more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, being in search and rescue, and and I mean, we had the privilege of being able to fly a oh, helicopter wow. to places that some I I'm sure some of the places we've been, people have never been before mm. or after us. You know, but you're so right. Once you you get yourself in nature, in Nevada, mm -hmm. you it, it's something else. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe. Yeah, it's beautiful here, the feeling that you get and all the the different types of environments that you 
can see. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm looking out your window at your office now at Mount Charleston. Yes. So it's right there. Isn't that amazing? Here <laughs> we know. are in Henderson. And we're in Henderson and we can see all the <laughs> way across. And you can see past the strip and on up to the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What made you decide to uh, leave your job as a park ranger? Oh, I I was a park ranger actually at that time up at Lake Tahoe and yeah. I was married. My, my uh, husband then was a game warden. And he okay. was accepted a position in Ely, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to have to move here. We're going to have to find a, make a plan. We're going to have to find another career to pursue. And that's when I uh, uh, got a position with the, real, with the uh, Nevada State Welfare Division. I became a social worker. I see. Okay. So yeah. now, now I see how that happened. Yeah. And, and I was there for eight years. Yeah. And then from from there, then you had another career yes. change. Into real estate. Into real estate. Yeah. And what prompted that career uh, change? A move to Southern Nevada. Okay. And then um, I had a real estate license. I'd had a license since, I think, 1981. So I've held a license in Nevada and had worked in, you know, part-time in different places that I lived, mostly doing my own transactions. But um, so I had an understanding of real estate. And then there was an opportunity that opened up to work for the state and to be involved with regulating the real estate industry down here in Southern Nevada. So I came here and uh, took that position and then ultimately went to UNLV where I ran the real estate program for 16 years. Okay. Now, when you are faced with a new opportunity or with your background, a new career, how do you approach a new situation that you, you know, you know nothing about, um, but, but you're going to dive in and do the work? You know, I, I think I, I still remember back to one of my big career moves when I left Southern Nevada as a park ranger and went to Lake Tahoe. And I had this wonderful maintenance supervisor that worked for me out at, um, out at the park, and he said to me, he said, now you're going up to a really big park, and you're going to have like 65 seasonals and a whole bunch of people working for you. And and he said, "Before you, when you go up there, just go in and take an, assess the situation. Take a look at what's going on. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He said, so take the time to find out if it is broke. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I took that position and, and subsequent positions since then, uh, you go in and you get a lay of the land. You find out what works, what doesn't work. You you gather information. You gather data. In fact, one of my favorite quotes is, without facts and data, you're just another person with an opinion. And I think it's <laughs> so important that we gather information to find out if something uh, needs to be fixed or if it doesn't need to be fixed, then, then work with what you have. And, and you know, with the... Uh, to have leadership, you have to have followership. So building that team of people with you to to have them carry out your vision and your your mission and to have them uh, accomplish what's uh, set out as the goals of your organization. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it was probably that was a turning point for me, learning how to lead. Yeah. So, so it was kind of started out. And did you take that same approach when you um, walked into the door here at at the uh, at your mayor's office? Yeah, office? you know when I when I became mayor, um, actually when I was elected mayor, I think it was in April, and then I did a hundred day. I developed a hundred day plan, and part of that plan was going out and interviewing people across the community and within mm-hmm. our city. And so I interviewed all of the mayors in Southern Nevada, county commissioners. Uh, I interviewed. Um, 
other leaders throughout the business community, throughout the healthcare community, within City Hall, uh, employees that work here, leaders, leaders in organizations, city managers, county managers, folks who really had a pulse of what was happening in our community, across our community, because we are a region and um and then I developed the 100-day plan, things that were important to – what I thought were important to me and things that I wanted to accomplish. And, and I'm very grateful that within the first 100 days, with our team, we were able to accomplish all of those goals. And I can tell you that I give uh, great credit to the team that work here at the city of Henderson because I could not have accomplished the things that I accomplished without them working with me to achieve those goals. Yeah. Did you know the team here before – yeah, you know, I had been a planning commissioner for six years okay, and then so. a council person for seven years. So I'd been been around a lot of folks and had been working with a lot of folks. And then as director of the real estate program at UNLV, I worked with all of the local governments in, in regional mm-hmm. planning issues. So I knew a lot of the folks who were here in Southern Nevada. And, you know, one of the things that getting back to that whole conversation about regionalism, you know, our our residents here lead regional lives that they may live in Henderson, but they work likely on the strip or somewhere else in the community may have a doctor's appointment up in North Las Vegas. We travel across each other's boundaries. And so it's really important for us as local leaders to work together to, to achieve the goals for the betterment of our residents, all of our residents here in Southern Nevada. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, in this valley, we have Henderson, we have the city of Las Vegas, we have Clark County, mm-hmm. we have um, North Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And you're you're working closely with all of those different jurisdictions? Yes. Yeah. In fact, we as, uh, as mayors, uh, even including Mesquite and Boulder City, we meet uh, quarterly and have lunch together and and work on issues and talk about issues that are important to us as as local governments and how we can uh, solve those challenges that that we face as local governments. Okay. Is there one project that stands out in your mind that you can share where you are actively working with, um, you know, uh, other mayors in this valley or, or, or? Well, I, I do chair Southern Nevada Strong, which is the regional plan in the regional initiative for for planning for Southern Nevada, and it's housed at the RTC. And so I do work with all of the mayors on that. And and also I serve as vice chair of the Regional Transportation Commission and Regional Flood Control District, and we work on issues of of land use and planning, uh, roads and road design and and road building and master planning, getting the I-11 built here in in Southern Nevada. And uh, there's a lot of issues that we deal with regionally together through mm-hmm. the RTC and through um, through Southern Nevada Strong. Yeah, and the RTC is their Regional Transportation Commission. Yes. And then um, the Raiders practice field. Oh, we're so thrilled. Yes, yes. so that's <laughs> what I really, I'm so curious. So the city of Henderson has the, the practice facility for... And the corporate headquarters. And the corporate headquarters. And that was very important to us. You know, I, I think that uh, obviously... The strip is going to have to deal with the traffic challenges uh, <laughs> with the stadium, and, and the stadium will be used um, uh, probably for eight games, but then it'll be used for other uses as well. So they're working on the transportation planning and a parking plan for for that facility. 
I, I frankly was very excited and enthusiastic about getting the corporate headquarters where they will do business mm -hmm. and uh, where their 250 employees will be housed and uh, also where their practice fields will be. So they'll have three uh, outdoor and one indoor practice field and uh, they're going to be housed in Henderson over near the Henderson Executive Airport and we're, we're thrilled that they're in our neighborhood. So exciting. Yeah, part of our family in Henderson. Yeah. So how did that come about? How do you approach this type of a project where, you know, you, you see an opportunity like this and, and you really want to bring a portion of that to Yeah, you know, economic city. development and diversification is an important priority for the city of Henderson. So we have a, not only do we have an effective team, but we also have a very engaged uh, uh leadership team here at the city and and when we knew that the raiders were negotiating to have the stadium downtown on the strip uh we knew that they were going to need a corporate headquarters and and uh so when we had heard that they were uh, looking in the valley for that location uh we uh, met with them we made proposal to them about uh, the what we could offer them we had uh, 56 acres over by the Henderson Executive Airport and we negotiated a, a discounted price to uh, encourage them to choose Henderson and knowing that we would make up that difference in property tax revenue and and other revenues through sales and and revenue through employees moving here buying houses doing business here uh, uh, it was just a Really, just such a wonderful opportunity for us to to. Uh, I was going to say a no brainer. It, it made it made a lot of sense for us to yeah. to negotiate with them to to bring them here to have them be a part of Henderson. And again, these employees, some many of them have already moved here. Uh, we have a lot of employees that are working for the Raiders that live in the Inspirata community in Madeira Canyon, up in Anthem Country Club and mm -hmm. Anthem Highlands. So we know that they're already starting to locate here in our community to do business with the Raiders. They, they have ticket sales going on right now at the, yeah. for the stadium. And uh, you've got a foundation. They've got a lot of other activities that they're doing community outreach. So they're, they're going to be a very active and engaged part of our community. Yeah, I imagine a majority of them would live in the city of Henderson. Yeah, it's very convenient, actually. Yeah. And and even for players and, and all, if you've got the corporate headquarters where you could fly your jet in. Right into the back. Yeah, right into the yard, back yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so we're excited. Yeah, and that's what, you know, it's just a, it's a common theme that comes up on this podcast, and I just can't say it enough. It's This is such an exciting place to live. It is. Right now in this time. Yes. There's so much opportunity and things that are happening here. And, and quality of life is so important to us. We're yes. a very safe community. We have uh, wonderful parks and trails. In fact, we have a park or a trail within a mile of every home. Quality of life matters here in Henderson, and that's so important to us that we, we want people to, to uh, really get that sense that when they come here, they feel the vibrancy of the community. At the same time, they feel safe in our community. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Sure. And uh, talk about leadership. Sure. And just what your personal definition of leadership is. You know, if you think about a person and the qualities that they might have as a leader, what what are those to you? Uh, I have a quote that uh, Queen Elizabeth actually said, uh, some attributes of leadership are universal and are often about finding ways of encouraging people to combine their efforts, their talents, and their insights, their enthusiasm, and their inspiration to work together. And I, and I think as a leader, um, my role is to to really create that enthusiasm, that energy, that uh, that 
has people wanting to follow in this vision that we have as a community. And I keep a, um, a sign on my wall in my office, and it says, as mayor, I'm the chief cheerleader, innovator, and trailblazer responsible for fostering an environment where our residents and businesses can enjoy a, a premier quality of life. I inspire love of community by nurturing our employees, stakeholders, and community leaders encouraging them to embrace one another through dialogue and action resulting in success in both personal and professional endeavors and that's a that's a value that i keep here in my office and i and i remind myself of it every day because yeah. it's on my wall yeah you can look at it and and it's not yeah. just on your wall it's something that you wholeheartedly Absolutely. believe in yeah absolutely yeah and um for you as the mayor of a city how do you handle challenges that come up, whether it's, you know, the daily challenges or or um, if you're working with other leaders in the community? Uh, how, how do you approach those types of situations? Well, you know, and it gets back to that this crystal that I keep on my desk and it says without facts and data, you're just another person with an opinion. So things come up, but it's important to have all the information so that when you make a decision or when you move forward, uh, that you have the facts and data. So you're not just making uh, something that's influenced by one person's opinion or, or emotions or whatever, that you're making solid decisions. It's like even in an emergency response, you gather the data, you, you gather the information about the crises at hand, and then you, you work to solve that that situation. You work to put the resources where they need to go. And, and uh, you know, obviously sometimes there's an immediate emergency response that you have to respond to, but then mm -hmm. later you, you systematically take steps to solve the problem and then to put the solutions in place. Yeah. And you rely on your team here in the office. Absolutely. To, yeah. yeah. And who do you reach out to? Do you, do you have um, a personal support group that you reach out to or, or you know, other mayors in other places, things like that? You know, I have a, a, probably a combination of that. Mm -hmm. I, I have a, I, I was in a, a governing institutes leadership group, a group of women from across the uh, there were 20 women across the country that were invited to participate in a leadership group, and I've uh, made some fast friends from some of those folks. And in fact, the mayor of Grand Rapids, Rosalind Bliss, is a good friend of mine. And when there have been issues that I've had some questions about, uh, I've run them past her, and she's run things past me. And and it's always nice to have that kind of support where you have someone who's at the same level dealing with issues. I've met with Carolyn Goodman and and John Lee and, and Rod Woodbury in Boulder City to talk about issues that were important or, or how would you handle this? How might you solve this issue? And um, so having people to collaborate with and then even on the personal level, like having uh, some close friends that you can confide in to, to solve issues and to talk about issues that that might be personally affecting you as well. Right. You absolutely. need to have people to talk to. You need to have people to bounce things off of. All of us do, right? Yeah, that you can trust and, yes. and go to with, with those challenges. And that they're loyal. Yeah. Yeah. So so you have your group of people that you reach out to. Mm -hmm. uh, who else do you look up to or what other resources do you turn to that, that inspire you? You know, uh, well, I have to say that there are many people here at the city, and and the the council members that I work with are are wonderful, dynamic, inspiring individuals, and I feel very fortunate that it, that as a team, I I think we're we're pretty well tuned into 
solving challenges together and finding solutions. And, and that's what I love about the fact that we're all nonpartisan, right? We, yeah. It is nonpartisan. We're, we're here to balance the budget, solve the issues, find out what, what needs to be done to build a brighter future for, for our community. And, and we're fortunate to have some really dynamic uh, folks on the council, but also our leadership in the various departments, our department heads, our city manager, um, our city attorney, our city clerk, and then all of the various departments. We, we we hire some of the best folks, and I feel very fortunate that when we ask a question and we go to them with an issue, that they give us the facts and they tell us what what we need to know to make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you have a couple books that you refer to yeah. as well. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I've recently read some books, and I'm in the process of reading another one. Uh, this summer, I read uh, Lean In, which was a very inspiring book, and and then actually now I'm I'm reading a book called Disrupt Aging, and it's actually by the the CEO of AARP, and they've actually you know AARP everyone thinks it's uh, American Association of, of of Retired People, I think it's something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway they actually changed the RP to real possibilities and that they're changing their vision of how AARP does business that, that we in Henderson, for example, have been designated as an age friendly community by AARP. And it's not just about being over 55, but it's actually about um, the whole community to, to, to be a vibrant whole place we have to think about our whole population and we need to be thinking about other possibilities and maybe the way we've always done business isn't the way we should be doing business in the future. So being open to possibilities, to real possibilities and having vision and uh, never stop learning. I guess that's something that that's important to me is that we're always learning. It doesn't matter what age you are. If you're open to learning, you're going to learn something new and you could find something that m may make your city uh, or your community or your job or your um, your business place of business or your home life inspiring and and different because you've been open to looking at things in a a new uh, broad or, or different perspective so i think it's it's important to keep learning and yeah. that's something that's important to me that i try to keep learning yeah and and you mentioned earlier you look at data you mm -hmm. reach out to your friends you read your read books what else mm -hmm. do you do do you is there another city that you look at to to learn about what they're doing, to maybe implement things here as well? Well, I know we, we as a city do a lot of survey work in the community. Every year we do an annual survey where we hear what's important to our residents. And, and then we also look at communities and how we compare to other cities. And very often we're in the rankings in one of the top safest places to live, great quality of life, top 50 places to live in America for quality of life. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that we look at, and we look at the folks that they compare us against. So we do regularly look at how we rate as a city to compared to other cities going forward. So, yeah, yeah. We, we do look at that. But I think it's also um, that we just – we really focus on our values, and we, we uh, are real clear about that we want to be America's premier community, and we look at what the data says, and we look at what we need to do to make us a better place to live, work, and play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you stepped into this job, you we tend to do this. We'll we'll kind of have an idea of what we might be stepping into or what we want to work on. What has appeared as a surprise for mm. you in this position? Wow. Um, well, there's always that human factor that there's things that happen that you um, 
you, you don't always you aren't always ready for it, but you but you lean in and you deal with what you, what comes, and I think that's important. That that uh, I think, for example, October one, uh, I think that was uh, a devastating event in our community, but we as a community all leaned in, and each uh, each city, each uh, the county, we we all leaned in and did the part that we needed to do to bring resources to bear. Uh, you know, you're always surprised by human nature and things that happen and why people do what they do. I, I You know, in that situation, I can't explain why a, a man chose to do what he chose to do. But that being said, as a community, we all uh, did our part, leaned in, and, you know, we we were experienced some devastation here. We lost an employee who worked for the city of Henderson. He was uh, killed in that event. Mm-hmm. Um but as a community, we have um, taken care of each other. We've looked after each other, and and that's what makes me most proud is that that we are a very caring, compassionate people, and and uh, we took care of those around us during that time of need. We did, mm-hmm. yeah, we did. And you know, this the city of Henderson, um, it just has a small town feel to it, also. Mm-hmm. You know that that's a perfect example of how our community came together. Yeah, uh, but I see that happen all all the time. Yeah, in this city, and that's something we value. We want to keep that feel. And I, I know we're a growing city, and there's people coming in from uh, different communities, and they bring their values with them. And and I respect that they bring their values, but we also want them, and we and we hope that they're choosing Henderson because of that feel and help us to maintain that sense of community, that sense of value, uh, the love of of community, the love of uh, one another and and the quality of life and and keeping it a safe place and what each one of us can do to be a part of that. And I try to, as a mayor, um, try to set an example of being accessible. And I, and I think our city has done a, a remarkable job of uh, making information available to the public and being available to answer questions. We, we may not be able to solve all the problems, but we're certainly able to, to respond to inquiries and answer questions. Yeah. But, yeah. What does a day in the life of Mayor March look oh. like? <laughs> well, it varies. Every day is so different. Yeah. Um, Do you I, have a routine or? Um, some things are routine. I, I work out at the gym like three um, mornings a week, and then I try to get out and walk with the dogs regularly. I, um, I have a a third of an acre, and so I have fruit trees in my yard, and I, I like to get out there and and uh, pick at the trees and, and work on the yard. Um but I, I have a friend that has horses, and so I ride regularly with her. And then um, I love the outdoors. I have a kayak and love to go kayaking. And uh, don't get out enough as much as I'd like to, but um, love to explore. I uh, love being in nature, love to hike. So uh, when time permits, I, I try to do that. I have to admit that uh, my schedule can get pretty demanding at times, and I, I don't imagine. always get to do the things I want to do, but I try to set that time aside to for me to do the things that give me pleasure as well. Yeah. So do you typically work off of a calendar? I do. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I bet. Because you have <laughs> people to help you, you know, organize your day. And then do you block out time on your calendar for now. you time? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't at first and I was working all the time. And so I I do now. I try to set time aside. Like even if it's this this morning, I, my day didn't start till 10 this morning, but it'll go till like seven tonight. But at least I had a couple few hours this morning. I, and I get up early. I'm up by five in the morning. So I have a, some, some time to myself. Yeah. 
What's it like when you're out in town? I mean, I imagine you're you're always having to be the mayor. Yeah. You know, it's it's <laughs> again, this is a small place. People know who you are. Yeah. You know, when you're out shopping or what what is that like? Well, you, even when you put your hair up under your hat and you <laughs> go out with a ponytail and whatever, they still know who you are usually. So You can't get away yeah. with it, can yeah. you? Yeah. Back <laughs> yeah. you you go into some of the strangest places. I was out in Boulder City for something on Thanksgiving. Uh, morning and somebody came up to me and started asking me questions and a friend of mine came up to me and said see do you get this all the time yeah that's how it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you just you answer their concerns and um their questions and then you um uh, hopefully they also recognize that you you as a mayor or an elected person while you're a public servant you also need some private time as well. And that's why it's nice to have friends where you could go have Thanksgiving dinner with them and break bread and and uh, have a wonderful evening with, with people who you care about and they care about you. Yeah, and you can do yeah. that behind closed doors. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully I can do it in the city too. Hopefully you can do the city and you'll be flying <laughs> up to Idaho soon, so that's yeah, nice I'm to get away. Um, now, being in the public eye, I can imagine there's also – a, a more challenging side, like a, a negative side to your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a time where we have social media and people might not always be friendly or, you know, people get awfully gutsy mm-hmm. um, in those situations. How do you handle those situations? Um, you just, um, I try to answer questions when people come in and very often when they're attacking or coming out with something, it very often is um, misunderstood, I, I'd like to say, um, that it's important incumbent upon me uh, or my team to make sure that we get the facts out that that this is I had a letter just the other day about water for example and the, we are actually using less water today than we were 15 years ago does that mean we shouldn't be more conscious of that absolutely we need to be doing more and more you know I'd like to see Southern California look at how they conserve water because certainly they're the bulk of the user in the in the uh, Lake Mead um uh, reservoir, the Colorado River corridor, but but just to just to make sure that people understand the facts that we are working hard at finding solutions, and that it this, there are five states that are connected together that use this Colorado River, and we all need to be working together to find conservation solutions to save that water, and that that isn't a precious resource. But very often, people will maybe jump to a conclusion and think that you're doing nothing and haven't done anything uh, when in fact you you're really working hard on these issues and and I can tell you honestly th- that myself and all of the council I work with and the leadership of the city of Henderson we care about this community we all love this community and we work very hard to find solutions to challenges and and to to represent and lead this community uh, well, that we really care about making sure that Henderson is a great place to live, work, and play. Yeah. Do you see yourself um, running for higher levels of office after that? You know, I have to say that I love what I do. Yeah. I love governance at the local level because I believe you can really make a difference in in folks' lives. You can improve the quality of community the, by by some actions that we may do. We may bring parks to neighborhoods. We may bring uh, more accessibility on our roadways through complete streets. We may be um, looking at bringing uses that are needed. You know, one of the things that we found through Southern Nevada Strong, for example, is that in areas where we didn't have grocery stores, that we had food deserts and uh, we had uh, higher instances of diabetes and lower school performance. These are things that we can 
Correct. Through through good planning and land use actions, we can bring grocery stores into areas where they're needed and, and solve some of the challenges to bring fresh fruit and vegetables to folks in neighborhoods that are in need. So there's things that we look at and how we can improve quality of life for folks. And, and those are the things that I believe that this this council and this uh, this administration here at the city, the leadership here at the city, looks at those things and cares about those things and cares about what, what uh, issues impact the life of our residents. Yeah. How do you celebrate your successes? Oh, well, we have a state of the city coming up, actually. Okay, I think good. on January 22nd, we will uh, have a, I'll be giving a speech about the state of the city, and it'll be about a 45-minute uh, speech on all the wonderful things that have happened in Henderson. And and also, we, we do put a lot of things like on our uh, city of Henderson website. We have a new economic development program underway. It's called Wow Valley, and it talks about a lot of the great successes we've had here in Henderson and why businesses have chosen to do business here in our community because there's so many great opportunities and it's a great place to bring your your family. It's a great place to bring the families of the employees that work for you. And so there's a great quality of life here as well as some wonderful tax advantages in Nevada and a great, great community. Yeah. Yeah. I, sitting here and speaking with you, you, um, you're putting the community first. You're putting other people first. You're, you know, you're celebrating the success of of everyone mm-hmm. and not just your own. Right. Um, and for you, do you ever s- step away and and um, you know, just go through your own successes and and everything that you're doing personally? Um, not necessarily in the work environment. Yeah. But I think. Um, I think because to me it's a collective success. I I believe in the work environment. Yeah. I mean, there's things that I I do. Uh, like I went to Panama recently with a friend of mine, and we had a great time and and relaxed and did all the outdoor things that you could want to do: river rafting and zip lining and having fun. Yeah. Um. And and in fact, we were talking about books. I'm I'm reading for personal pleasure, the book Outlander right now. And my sisters, two of my sisters and I are going to actually go to Scotland uh, as our vacation this year. So there's things that, that I can do with my family that are kind of fun and there's successes. And certainly a big success for me is that I'm a grandmother mm-hmm. for the first time. And I'm going to be up there in a couple of weeks to to uh, celebrate with family and, and to enjoy some quality time. Do you get to actually take downtime when you get away? Yeah. So you yeah. get to do you get to mark the time off on your calendar? Well, I always have my phone with me. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> always. Yeah, um, and you do a lot of traveling as as it. Yeah, there too. Uh, I was uh, recently in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I was invited by Michael Bloomberg to the uh, mayor summit, and we talked about jobs of the future and how we need to be planning for future jobs given uh, the changing technology in our world and how are those jobs going to show up and what do we need to be doing to prepare for them and preparing our communities, working with our educational institutions to 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 prepare for that workforce for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder... What inspires you? You have so much drive and passion for this community. What keeps you going? Oh, in terms of you, you just just this. you know getting up in the day and you know facing a community and and you're the leader. You're the people. You're the person that people looks up to. You know, know how do you maintain I, that? I think I I just I'm inspired to leave things better than I found them. I 
I uh, grew up in a family where my both of my parents served in the military. My dad was in the Army Air Corps. My mom was a uh, in the Navy, um, and then my dad was a public servant. And my mom raised eight kids. and And then I had a son who actually was an Army Ranger and did two tours in Iraq and two in Afghanistan and was awarded a Silver Star his last tour. And so, in my family, service and public service and community service has always been a center point. And so I get. I get some satisfaction out of what I'm doing. I I love what I do, and I feel like I'm exactly where God intends me to be right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you think of yourself in this role, what type of legacy, what do you want to be known for? That I left it better than I found it, that uh, Henderson is a wonderful place to live, work, and play, that people are proud to live here, and um, that um, we've tried to protect that quality of life for our residents and we've kept a safe community for them. In fact, as we work on our strategic planning and visioning for the future of Henderson, always uh, public safety is right at the top because if this community isn't safe, then nothing else can really fall in place behind it, right? We have to make sure that our residents are safe. And then we can do all the great things, ensuring quality of education for our residents, ensuring um, that they have a great place to recreate and that we've given them an environment to, that they can enjoy. And and then for me, uh, you know, just being in the outdoors, I, it grounds me. It really does ground me. And so, um, you know, two years ago, I got to raft the Grand Canyon. Now, that was a time when I was off the grid because I was three weeks in the Grand Canyon rafting um, and there were no phones. Yeah, and there's so no cell totally, service in the Grand Canyon. And that was Canyon. so relaxing, I can tell you. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> How many days was that trip? It, it was 18. Oh, wow. 18-day trip, yeah. I didn't it realize pretty, it was that long. Yeah, pretty amazing. Wow, yeah. I want to do that trip. Oh, now. you you just, would love it. Yeah. You would love it. <laughs> I bet. Um, advice to anybody who oh, might want to run for mayor or or just wants to be more involved in their community, where should they start? I think volunteering for organizations that uh, make a difference and, and make your community a better place. Get involved. Uh, go to your city or your municipality and say, you know what, I, I would like to be on a board or commission. Is there an opportunity for me to serve? Learn more about your community. I, I've had people just show up and and sign up to run for an office without really understanding what the job entails or or what what a mayor does or what a council person does and I think it's important to find out go interview people go talk to people who serve in those roles and find out what's involved in the position of mayor or council person or planning commissioner or any number of roles or school board member, that there's many, many ways that you can serve and give back into the community. But familiarize yourself. Know know what it is you're getting into. Maybe as you get into it deeper, you may find that that's not the role you want to serve in, but there is a role that you would like to play. Yeah. So it, learning as much as you can about it and then and then going in and cuz so often people get into a position and they go, "Oh my god, I didn't realize that that, that was involved." Well, this is a very time-consuming uh position. I can tell you that every day I'm doing something. Yeah, and I think that's great advice for any position in you know, whether you're running for the mayor or you're, you know, starting off college or you're not sure what you want to do. That's that's excellent advice to go find out. Yeah you know, before you invest a lot of time and money into something you might not like after all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When you think about your future um, in this community and in this office, what are you most looking forward to? 
uh, a bright future that that our community is everything that we had hoped it would be and that we're we're leading a strong legacy we you know we're so fortunate to have a financially strong community and and even if we in the future face some economic downturns i mean we have a double a plus bond rating we have one of the leanest local governments uh, um yeah, you know, in the valley, I think we have six point seven employees per thousand residents, where other municipalities have like nine employees per thousand. We've done things very efficiently, and um, we have not raised our taxes in Henderson in twenty eight years. And uh, we do things within the resources that we have, and so we've been very prudent and responsible. Uh, that's important to me. That's important to our residents. So what's important to the community is important to me. Um, but, but ensuring at the same time that we're giving them the quality of life that they want, which is uh, a great place to live, great parks and recreation, uh, uh, wonderful trails, great places to go hiking and exploring and bike trails, and, and that we're, we're accessible for all users, not just people in cars, but people uh, who want to bike, who want to walk, who... Um, want to explore in nature you know that that the community is accessible for all yeah yeah I, i'm excited yeah. i can't wait Thank to see and, and i know you're excited about seeing some football games too i am yeah, i am I actually out. went to a raiders game about a month ago it was pretty exciting in oakland yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah they'll, they'll be here before we know it they will yeah. <laughs> listen thanks so much for taking time out to be on the show i appreciate oh. it and thank you for everything that you do my pleasure community. thank you very much what a pleasure to be here thank you The biggest takeaway for me after speaking with Mayor March is accessibility. When you make yourself accessible as a leader, you're able to make a bigger impact. Leaders are people just like you and me. There may be different experience levels, roles, or titles, but at the end of the day, we're all working hard to do and be our best and to also support one another. Thank you to Mayor March for the reminder. Before I say farewell, something that helps us out tremendously is to leave us a review on our Facebook page or in iTunes. You can go to either platform and search for the Leadership Looks Like podcast. We're also always looking for leaders that you believe may be a good fit for the show. For more information on how to be a contributor, visit leadershiplookslike.org forward slash contribute. I'm your host, Cree Edholm. Thanks as always for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.